Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Praise God. I'm going to talk about rest. So the last two weeks I've been talking about rest and let me just before I preach to you define what kind of rest I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, the kind of rest that you probably felt like having this morning when you woke up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where you're like, should I go to church or shouldn't I go to church? To be or not to be? Anybody like that anymore? Yeah, okay, good. We've got some honest people in the house. Got some liars. Got some liars. We can pray for a spirit of lying at the end of this. Um, I'm not talking about that kind of rest, although that kind of rest is good, but not on a Sunday morning when you should be in church. But, you know, just joking. If you need to have a day off, it's okay. But, you know, uh, you, 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 it, I'm not talking about that kind of rest. I'm talking about an internal rest. I'm not talking about going on holidays, although holidays are good. Internal rest. This is the kind of rest that we receive when we start to walk with Christ. There is rest in Him. When you invite Jesus into your life, when you finally give up following whatever it is that you're following, that you're trying to do in order to get rest, or you're trying to do in order to get to a certain place, you're trying to do something. We're all trying to do something in order to get somewhere. When you give that up as the main thing in your world and say, you know what, Jesus is the main thing in my world. I'm going to follow Him. What a subsequent, like what happens is rest comes into your world in the form of the Holy Spirit. It's actually something the Holy Spirit does in your world. Does anybody have that here today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, that's, that's what we're all about as a church is like week in, week out and Sunday by Sunday, what I want to do is make sure people are walking in rest. And the best thing I can do for that is to, is to put on something like what we do here and get the team involved and all of that sort of stuff and making a situation where the Holy Spirit comes and some people get ministered to and as a result, they get rest. This might be completely different to anything you've ever been to. You might be like, well, I've been to this sort of thing and I've been to that discourse and I've been to this sort of meditation thing and it looked a whole lot more spiritual than this. It may, this may not look very spiritual to you. It's like a rock band. But here's the deal. Here in this place, as you begin to listen out and open your spirit to what God is doing, especially like in the worship, I'm telling you, every weekend... You can actually have this connection time where the rest will come into your world. Sometimes you won't feel like it. Sometimes you'll walk into here. And, 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 and trust me, I know. Sometimes, I mean, I, you know, you may have seen me on the drums. I, I, sometimes I get on those drums, I'm like, I'm just not feeling it. You know? Do you ever have days where all the sounds just annoy you? Or is that just me? Like, just sound just annoys you. You know, where you're just like, that noise is annoying me. That air conditioner is annoying me. That person is annoying me. The way that person's feet are and the way they're walking annoys me. Everything's annoying me. The driving's annoying me. You ever had days like that? Yeah. I have days like that. And, and it's days like that where I have to engage. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just, I don't feel like doing this. But you know what? I'm my soul, I'm going to get into a place of rest right now. Jesus, I just open my heart and rest comes. Rest comes. It's always there. It's always accessible. It's always on tap during the worship and during, during, even now, during this sermon, I'm praying. I've been praying that this week that, that by the end of this sermon that there would be just a spirit of rest would come. 
internal rest. Maybe today there's some things that you can give up, some striving that you've been striving for. Maybe you've, been, you, you've just been striving too much in, in an area in your world where you just know that it's actually becoming a little bit of a toxic thing for you to strive as much as you are in this area. It's causing some depression. It's causing some, some issues. It's causing some relational breakdown. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe there's some stuff in your world where you've just given up because you're sick of trying. Well, today at the end of this service, I want to spend some time in prayer where we can just come before the Father in the presence of the Holy Spirit who is here right now and rest. Anybody want that? Well, Holy Spirit, I just welcome you to do that today. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. So last week or the first week of this series, I talked about how rest is an internal rest. The Bible talks about an internal rest, something that happens on the inside that affects everything on the outside. It's an internal, it's an internal process that happens that, ex, that, that actually totally changes your external circumstances. Things begin to change around you because of what's happened inside first. You start to see the world differently. You start to do things differently. You start to make different choices. Sometimes the circumstances you're in may not change, but you change and somehow the circumstances change as a result because of internal rest. You know, nothing good comes out of internal strife. When you've got strife on the outside going on, when you've got situations in your life that aren't working out and things that are going wrong and stuff happening, and at the same time you've got strife happening on the inside, you're only going to, become into a, you're only going to come into a place of distraction. You can't have strife meet with strife and anything good come out of it. But see, what Jesus wants to do is he wants to put rest in you so that you can go into stressful, strive, strifeful, is that a word? Strifeful? That's not a word. It is now. <laughs> strifeful situations and have rest. And as a result, instead of getting distraction, instead of getting blown apart and things getting worse, as a result of that rest, you actually get growth. You can't have growth, spiritual growth, without first finding peace, without first finding rest. Because if you go into situations where you haven't got rest, you go into them with strife, you meet strife with strife, well, those two things are going to come together and there's going to be an explosion. You might might be going through life going, I don't know, one thing to the next. It just seems to be conflict after conflict. Everything just seems to always be bashing against walls. Well, maybe you need to stop for a moment and ask God to show you what you are doing that is not in Him. And that leads me to the week last week, which I talked about, which this is, you need to listen to these sermons. They're online, they're up there. You can access our podcast, our YouTube, our SoundCloud. It's all there. It's all there for you to listen to and, and, and it's there for free. You don't have to pay for it. Amen. Isn't that good? That rest comes from what we have connected ourselves to or what we are anchored to. What we have anchored to, Right? What you anchor yourself to will determine your rest. I gave the analogy about the houseboat that we stayed in. There's a houseboat. It was this big old houseboat, this big thing, and it had a very small anchor. And that anchor wasn't holding on to the sand at night time. So that boat was drifting up the river, and we, as a result, could not rest. (laughs) And it was the worst holiday ever. Although it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of good memories, family memories. You know those those family memories, right? 
that where it was like a disaster at the time, but you got fond memories of it afterwards. You know what I'm talking about. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, it's like at the time we were like, we're all going to die. This is the worst thing. I can't believe my family is so weird and strange and nothing seems to work out for us. But afterwards you all laugh about it. That was kind of like that because of this anchor. What we had anchored ourselves to wasn't sufficient to, to, to hold that boat. And it's the same with you. you. You will find your rest will come as a result of what you're anchored to. And, and I shared this scripture. You have to listen to the sermon last week if you didn't hear. I shared this scripture about how God, Jesus has gone into places where we can't go. Yeah. Talks about how he has gone in part behind the veil into a place where we can't, can't go. And he has gone in not just to say, hey, listen, uh, I'm here. But he's gone in as our forerunner. What's a forerunner? A forerunner is a person that runs before a king and says, the king is about to arrive. He has done that for you. He's gone in into places where you can't go yet, but you're on your way and he's saying, guess what, God, the father, because of my sacrifice and because this person believes in me, I'm leading them into a place of peace and hope and destiny, and calling, and purpose. Amen? Amen? You might think, I've got some stuff I can't overcome. I've got some places in my world where I can't go yet. I'm trying to get there. I'm not that great at this. I can't get over this sin. I can't do this. I can't do that. Listen, Jesus has been there already, and he is one. Yeah. And he said one thing to you. He said, just follow. Yeah. I'm, I've gone where you can't go yet to lead you. And I know that you're going to make it if you follow me. So follow. Anchor, your anchor causes rest. What you're anchored to. So the question was, what have you anchored to if you haven't got rest? What have you put your anchor on? What are you, if there's stuff in your world and you're in a, in a state of unrest all of the time, I would, I, would, I would hazard to say that you have anchored yourself to something that's not Jesus. So make a choice. Just turn to Him. He's there for you. It's nothing to feel guilty about. He's taken the guilt on the cross. It's just, uh, it's just turning to him. It's just turning to him. So today I'm going to be talking about the free, free gift of rest and, uh, uh, and, and just how, how rest that the Bible talks about, this internal rest, is, is actually just free. It's free. I'm going to preach out of one of my favorite, most favorite scriptures, stories about the woman at the well. Who, who loves this story? The woman at the well. I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to preach it to you. So uh, I can't wait. Let's read from John chapter 4, verse 4 to 26. Now, when he had gone through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, was, uh, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Sun's in the top of the sky. It's hot. Okay. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Because his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You, you are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. You know, she made this racial statement, boom, just like that. This girl is like really something, okay? It's like, 
I, she's like, I, I ain't getting you no drink, Jew boy. She's like that, okay? How can you ask me for a drink? And then in brackets it says, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her a question which she was not, I mean, yeah, well, a question. He answers her with a question that she wasn't expecting. He says this, he says, if you knew, if only you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Can you imagine being this girl? Like, verse 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water that you're talking about? She's been sarcastic. Like, what are you talking about? And then she says, hey, are, you, are you great? Let's talk about, okay, Mr. Jew boy, Mr. Jew, are you greater than Jacob? See, Jacob was like a patriarch. He's like a very important person in Judaism. He's like one of the fathers. He's like one of the, and she, she's like, are you, are, you, are you saying you're greater than the guy who dug this well? This is a very important place you stand on. Are you greater than him who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as, as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Did you hear that? Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So the woman says to him, okay, calling his bluff, all right, you got some of this water? Give it to me. I want some of this water. So give me this water so that I won't be thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water and put up with people like you. I'm just adding in what I think. It's not there in the scripture. It's all right. If you would give me liberty. Well, Jesus says to her, all right, go call your husband. And tell him to come. Well, I have no husband, she replies. And then Jesus says to her, you're right. I know you have no husband. Verse 18, the fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. See, you can see Jesus is giving it back to this girl. This is something you've got to understand about God. That he has got a personality. And he's got character. And you can see it coming out right here. Where he's just like, this girl is dishing it to Jesus. She's like, it's one of those interesting conversations. Would have been like a tennis match just to see what is going to happen. Like, what's she going to say? What's he going to say? Okay, and, and this was where Jesus just drops the bomb. You've had five husbands and the guy you're with right now, you're not even married to, woman. Like, wow, what is going on here? What is Jesus doing? So the woman's like, okay, sir, 
I can see that you're a prophet and you happen to know some things about me. And then she switches. But she says, see, I, I can see that you're a prophet. And then she switches. Verse 26, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in, over there in Jerusalem. That's what you say. It's switched. Totally different thing. She brings up a religious thing. I mean, Jesus has just like called out her stuff. She, he's just named the junk in her trunk. Right? And all of a sudden, she switches. Because she don't want that. I don't want to talk about that. Let's have a religious argument. Okay, we got differences here. You're from Pakistan, I'm from India. You know, we're different here. Let's talk about that for a second. Who are you to talk to me about that sort of thing? Okay? But Jesus goes with it. I love this. I need to learn this about Jesus. Yeah, at that, that point, I would have got upset. But see, she, Jesus just goes with it. Woman, Jesus replies, believe me. There's a time coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that a Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, Mr. Whoever you are, when he comes and you go, in other words, there's a bit of a, you know, I've had enough of this conversation type of thing going on. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus just drops a bomb. He says, I me, the one speaking to you, I am he. And all of heaven stands to attention. Because you know why? This is crazy. It's the first time Jesus has declared that he is the Messiah. And he uses these words, I am. I am he. Whenever God would show himself in the Old Testament, he would come and say, I am. Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. How do you, how do, what do you call God? People didn't know what to call him. They, how do you make reference to him? Now, he would come and say, I am. I just am. I don't need a name up here. I don't need a, I just am. And here's Jesus. He comes and says, I am. He and she would have known that him using those kind of words, she would have been like, okay, hold on a second. People don't say that. That's kind of something you're either mad, blasphemous, fool, or you really are him. And I think at that point in time, the Holy Spirit shows up. From that point, she, 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 the, 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 Holy, the, um, the, the disciples come back and she drops, she just leaves all of her stuff and she just leaves and runs away. But she doesn't run away. She goes and tells the whole town that this guy has come. And, 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 and that day, so many people came to know Jesus as a result and became followers of him. And actually, if you look a little bit later on in the book of Acts, there was like thousands of people that became followers of Christ as a result of this one day in Samaria. Okay, it's, it's really quite incredible. But, but why did I, I read this story to you? Well, let's go back. To verse 11, where it says, 
You know, Jesus has made this offer and he said to her, listen, if you drink of the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. Her response is, well, you have nothing to draw with, sir, and the well is so deep. Where will you get this living water? The first thing you've got to understand about rest, first thing about what you are, you've got to understand about God and Him giving you peace and Him filling you with His Spirit and filling you with His love is it's not achieved by any physical means. The first question you'll come into, uh, that you'll have when you come into a place like this is what do I have to do? What do, you know, I can see, you know, people will come into this environment and say, you know, what well, the people, are, they seem to have something here and I want it. There's something going on in this place. I can feel it. Like there's a vibe. There's a vibe. There's a vibe. There's good vibes here. I want it. You know, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do to get that same thing? I want some of that. I want to add it to everything else. You know, I've got all of these things going on in my world. I do this, I do that, and I do this. People come and say these sorts of things to me all the time, and I'm cool with that. I respect everyone's journey. But see, you've got to understand something about Jesus. What he has for you will not be achieved by you and anything you can do. Any implements you put down to drop down the well, they won't be far enough. They won't reach enough to get down to this water. They won't. You can try it all. You will not find Jesus in it. If you want Jesus, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. It won't be found through physical means. A lot of religious religions will give you physical things you can do. Go light a candle. Go do this. Go do that. Go do this and do that. The rest that is in Christ, I need you to hear this, will not be found by any of those. You know why? You know why? It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's like, got to be unwrapped. It's got to be unraveled. You've got to explore it. Sometimes coming to a place like this can just be like a gift is just given to you, but you never unwrap it because you're so busy with all the toys you already got. You know, all the things that kind of give you some sort of, they pass the time. They give you, a, they give you a, a, a little bit of time where you are looking for rest. They give you something at least. They give you some sort of, you know, substitute. But God is not about substitutes. He's not about substitutes. He is about completion. He doesn't want to give you a substitute to get you through the pain. He wants to give you himself so you can be complete. And that's the kind of water he is talking about. But you can't get it through anything except through him giving to you. And then I, I, just, I just want to talk about this water. In verse 13, he says, Everyone who drinks of this physical water, this water down in this well, anyone who drinks of that, well, you're going to thirst again. Yeah, any, any, you, you, you want to make your life about, about what you need to achieve? And you want to anchor yourself to that? Well, you're going to get somewhere. 
and then you're going to get thirsty to go somewhere else. You want to you want to buy a house? Who here wants to buy a house? I want to buy a house. I'd love to buy a house. You know what's going to happen when you're going to buy a house? It's going to be awesome. But you're going to be in there for a couple of years and you'll say, I want another house. I want to do this. I wish I could do that. How can I do it? You're going to get thirsty again. Who, 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 who's bought a new car before? I bought a new car. I've had, I used to get a new car every nine months in Australia. Because we used to lease them. A new car, brand new car, I used to drive it out of the showroom every nine months. Boom. Okay, because it was cheap, tax-free. It's explaining. It's not because I was rich, it's because of a deal that I was in. Okay? I'm rich in Christ. <laughs> I have a very rich father. His name is Yeshua. Or Jehovah, I should say. Yeshua is Jesus. Anyway. You know, the thing about having a new car is they get old. It's annoying. I'm looking forward. I I love iPhones, you know. I still, I know I'm old school probably now. I love iPhones. They're great. I get an iPhone and it's awesome. And then they bring out a new one. It really stinks. I wish I'd stop doing that. (laughs) You know? They're bringing out the iPhone 8 in September. I cannot wait. I'm like, but I know that if I go and spend all of that money on getting that iPhone 8, that afterwards, I mean, after about three months, I'm going to be like, meh. Why don't they bring it out the next one? You drink it this way. What are you making your life about? I want to ask you that, you know. What are you making your life about? If you are making your life about things that are only going to produce thirst, and they're only going to quench your thirst for some time, but then you're going to need another thing, how do you expect to find rest? You're just going to be thirsty all the time. You're just going to be thirsty all the time. See, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, this water, although, you know, it's good. You need to drink the water down in that well. You know, you need water. We all need water. But you'll find that this isn't sufficient for what Jesus wants to give you. Jesus wants to give you internal rest. And this rest, well, let me just talk about this for a second. See, he says this, and I want you to hear this. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed. The water I give them will become in them a spring welling up to eternal life. This is crazy. This is crazy. See, this water that Jesus gives denies any physical barriers, any physical boundaries that we know within this world. Within this world, there are physical boundaries. There is nothing in this world that if you, like if you get a Petri dish and you put some sort of matter on there, some sort of organic matter, and you put it under a microscope and you look at it, it's gonna, you might see some cells expanding, 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 expanding. It might, it might for a little while. But if there's nothing else getting added to that, the expansion will come to a point where it will stop. Because it's kind of run its course. And it's beginning to to die. Okay, because there's no fuel. There's no food there. There's nothing for it to continue its life. You understand what I'm talking about? You get some algae, you get anything. It'll, It'll come to it, it'll expand to a point, but then stop and then start to regress. 
But here's what Jesus is saying. If you get the water I'm talking about, well, this is the source of life. This is where life comes from. You're going to get a a, a deposit of the nature of God and the nature of God is life-giving. This is where life came from. This is what the earth was born out of. At His Word, the earth was created. And He wants to put that same Word in you. You've got to hear this. And He's saying, if you drink of this water, well, this water does not, this water does not submit to the physical boundaries that you know of. In other words, you're going to start living out miracles where you're going to go through circumstances and you're going to have life. Where you're going to be going through stuff that should be killing you and it's not. You're going to go through moments in life where you, you shouldn't have made it. But you have made it because there is life inside of you. That doesn't just kind of just exist for a little while and then disappear and dissipate and regress. It actually continues to give life and give life and give life and give life. Anybody want that water on the inside of them? See, that's what's on tap for you. Hmm. It denies physical boundaries. It's non-diminishing. But see, Jesus does something here with this poor woman. I feel sorry for her at this moment, but we all have to go through this. Where he names the issues for her that are stopping her from accessing what he had for her. When he says to her, listen, you've been married five times. And you're currently living with a man, which in those days, women did not have the rights they have today. You know, thank God for the women's rights movements and all of that sort of stuff. You know, women have have it a bit easier now than they did back then. Back then, you were like, I don't know what kind of woman you were, what kind of reputation you would have had to have five husbands back then. I mean, you think of the shame of some of maybe some of these tribal people who have maybe had one marriage fall apart and the consequences and the problems it causes. Even, even in our society that we live in, it's still kind of a taboo and disgrace subject if a person has have come from a failed marriage, right? Well, this, this woman's had five. She's like, you know, people would be saying, well, that girl, she, is, she brings a curse. She's some unlucky sort of person. I don't know what sort of star she was born under, but it ain't a good one. You don't touch her. Right? It's like that kind of conversation is going on about her. Okay? I don't believe in all of that stuff, but that's the conversations that would be going on. And, and <clears throat> the, 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 he, But Jesus, Jesus actually talks into something that has got her bound, that has got her locked up. I want you to know something about Jesus, but here's what I want you to hear. It's for you to access what Jesus has for you. He's first going to put his hand on the very thing that you do not want him to see. (laughs) You know what was at stake here? You know what this woman would have hated? Was the fact that her reputation was what it was. That hers, what she deserved as a result of her reputation. So she, she put up all of this sass and all of this personality and all of these things as a result of her situations and they were all walls. And Jesus just comes in and punches through those walls. 
Not, not because he's mean. Not because he's like some sort of cruel God, but because he wants freedom. And you know something about chains? After a while, if you, were, if you were chained to a wall, and that's all you had, after a while, those chains, that bondage would become your friend because it would be your security. And you would, you would, your skin would grow calluses there that would just stop the chains from hurting you. And, and you would get used to them. I, I, I don't know if you know this about elephants. You probably do. It's a, it's a very well-used analogy, but it's a good one. If you get an elephant and you want to train it, you see with an elephant at a circus, right? You know this, right? I think you know this. Why does that elephant stay there and not move when it's got a tiny little post in the ground? Why do they do that? Why doesn't that elephant just pull that elephant? Could one step could pull that post out of the ground and just keep on walking into, you know, into Bandra when they have it on that, uh, on that coast, on that thing up there, the circus there. But but it doesn't. It stays there because because of this. Because since that that, that little elephant was a baby, it's been posted to the ground. So the, by the time it gets to be an adult, it thinks, well, that thing's going to keep me there. I may not mess with that. He messed with it when he was a kid, and couldn't move it. And he's not realized that now he's big enough to move it, right? This is, what, this is the situation that Jesus is calling out of this woman. He's saying to her, you're bound. And I want to set you free. I want to set you loose, girl. It's time for your freedom. But I'm going to name the one thing that you don't want me to see. I'm going to get you into a place where you are going to be completely vulnerable, stripped bare before me because, listen, I want freedom for you. And until that is dealt with, you can't have this water. You will not be able to have it. It will not be accessible for you. So you've got to get free. I want to ask you something. If you want rest, stop going to the thing that is the substitute that you're looking for rest in. See, this woman, she was looking for it in her relationships, but she couldn't find it. And she was going from one thing to the next. Failure, 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 failure. And Jesus comes in, almost cruelly it seems, but he's not, and says, you're a failure. To her, that's what he's saying. When we meet God, it's going to be the happiest moment of our life. It's also going to be the saddest. It's, it's going to be the best day of your life. It's going to be the worst day of your life at the same time. Because when you stand before Jesus for real, He's going to put a light on all of the stuff that you do not want a light on. And let me just say this. In a culture of saving face that we live in, this will be the hardest thing for you to do in your walk with Jesus. You will not want your reputation scandalized. You won't want people thinking about the things that they may think about if you expose everything in your world. You may feel like nobody's going to like you anymore. You may feel like that, that people are going to judge you. You may feel are you going to go through a whole lot of feelings. And I believe this in the Indian church, as a pastor who has been here now for five years, I believe this, sure as sure, as people come to a point with Jesus, 
But they come to that point where Jesus says, you got junk in your trunk that you got to deal with. And it's got to come out and it's got to get exposed. And you have to let it go. And that person says, whoa, hold up a second. I can't let people know. I can't talk to them about that because they'll judge me. They'll look at me differently. They'll see me differently. And they'll, they won't, it's not going to go well for me. And they never get to fully access the peace that God has for them. Because they're holding on to the substitute. I want to encourage you. That as Jesus comes, even now, the Holy Spirit is here in this place. He wants to set some people free. But you've got to let go of some stuff. There may be some things in your world that happen when you're a kid. There may be some current situations in your life that you cannot talk about with anyone because you're too ashamed. There may be some stuff happening in your world that you wish you could tell someone, but you're too afraid to. Well, I want to tell you something that is most likely if you've come into this place, the Holy Spirit saying, listen, there's some failure. But you've got to understand this about your failure. See, this is the strength of the gospel. Our failures don't mean anything to God because his victory is not through us. They don't mean anything to God. We make too much. We make a God out of our in-victory, our, our, our failure, our stuff that we can't get. We make a God out of that. We make our lives into that. We think it marks us, but it's not. What marks us is the Holy Spirit. What marks us is the Holy Spirit. That's what marks us. And that, and that, and that mark of the Holy Spirit as we get it on and get it in us brings peace, brings rest, brings hope. And I want to read you, I want to finish on this scripture. Isaiah 55, verse 1. It says this. I want you to stand. I want you to read this with me. And, uh, yeah. Come. All you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money. Come. Buy. And eat. Come buy wine and milk. Without money. And without cost. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. You've got to get this. It's a gift. See, you come to God and say, I ain't got the ability to purchase that and I want it how do I what do I have to do in order to purchase this what do I have to do in order to get that but God says come buy and he starts talking about luxurious things like wine and milk and come buy it without money because there's no cost why is that? Because everything that you think you need to pay because of your failure has all been born on the cross. You don't have to pay a thing. It's all been paid forward for you. All you have to do is let go. Let go of what you're worried about. Let go of what you're concerned about. Let go of the things that you think people might say. And become real.
be you as you are. Come as you are. And peace like a river. Peace, the water of God, which gives life that is non-diminished. It just continues on. Will start to well up within you. And people will say to you, hey, you should try this. You should do that. You should do this. And you should do that. I've got this thing. And they'll say, I'm okay. I've got a well. I've got peace like a river. Flows in through and in me. And even when I fail, even when I'm not making it, even when I've, I've put down my cross and I, I'm just, I'm failing. All I have to do is turn to Him. Come and I'm filled again and I'm filled again. The Holy Spirit is here. He wants to fill some people again. If there's some things in your world that you now know are there that you just want to, you don't have to confess them here. But as a first step, as a first step, you can say, I'm going to walk out the front as a first step of beginning to let myself be okay with exposure. Even that will be a challenge for you. Oh, you know, if I go down the front, that that will mean that everybody will know that there is something in my world I have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the woman of the well. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about, and I'll leave you this with this thought. She was so worried about her reputation. She was so worried about covering it all up. But everybody knew about her. Everyone can see your sin. You're so busy trying to cover it up. Everyone can see it. Let me tell you, everybody can see it. God, God puts us in churches for that reason. Okay? There's other good reasons, good positive reasons. But this is a, this is a positive with a negative first. Okay? You come into a church and people get to know you, you know? So people try, tend to get a little bit scared of churches. Oh, I don't want to be, I don't, I, don't, I don't want people to know me. They might judge me. They might say this and might say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the risk. That's the risk. That's the risk. But there's the life. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 